Welcome to Expounded Universe Episode 2. Uh, your hosts, Jeff and John. The book, The Shadows of the Empire by Steve Perry. Uh, the year, 1996. Chapters 4 through 6. Let's go. Sir. Who gave that dog a crossbow and two bachelor's degrees? Pulls everyone cheese on. I don't know why. <laughs> That's Vader, <laughs> the world's greatest power top. Take a look at these meat bags. Welcome back to Expounded Universe. I'm your host, Jeff, joined as always by your host, John. John, how the hell are you this week? I'm all right, waiting for heat death to finally consume me. Man, you're just sounding so whiny to everyone who isn't in San Diego. It's like 81 right now, but that's not doom. No, like, but... airplanes can still take off. Yeah, but like air conditioning doesn't exist here. You know, the people where it's like 100 degrees, they're in AC. Admittedly, I actually do own an air conditioner. It's out in my garage. I'll probably haul it out and set it up this weekend. I mean, admittedly, I have an air conditioner. It just doesn't work or do anything. It doesn't really seem to do much, no. No. It's mostly like it's there for show and to use power if you feel like you have too much power. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you stand directly in front of it, then you're like, oh, man, I'm getting some air out of this. So, John, why don't you remind the people what we do on this here show? Uh, well, mostly we poke fun at old, expanded universe Star Wars novels. That's correct. Specifically, this time around is Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, Shadows of the Empire, written in 1996 by one Steve Perry, uh, who we have done some research and determined that he is not, in fact, the lead singer of Journey. In fact, not. Yeah, it, it, there was a chance. There was a reasonable chance that that was the same Steve Perry. It's not an especially common name. I was name. really hoping that that would be the case. Yeah. Like, in his off time from doing Journey, he was like, you know what I'm all about? That Dash Rendar. <laughs> I just, it, the, Steve Perry, I think, I don't remember him writing any other Star Wars novels. Like, a lot of them have written more than one, and you can kind of see because they tend to bring back their favorite NPC characters again. Oh, yeah, they've, Keep they've got the that, that GMPC that they're like, well, this is my favorite. Yeah, it's like, like Timothy Zahn loved him some Thrawn, so he wrote three books about Thrawn, and then he retired from Expanded Universe Star Wars for like 11 years, and when he came back, it was because he had two books about Thrawn he needed to get out there. I, I, gotta, I gotta do it. I gotta get some more Thrawn in that piece. Yo, yo, what you doing? You... You need some Thrawn in there? <laughs> he's he's you, like the juice of the of the. What are you making, industry. a pasta? <laughs> you want some Thrawn? I'm a little Thrawn. You know, Thrawn is rich in uh, antioxidants, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Well, he's blue. <laughs> he's definitely... That's something. That's something, right? Blue <laughs> means he's low in antioxidants. Yeah, that's anti like blueberries, acai berries. They're all blue. It all makes sense now. <laughs> that's what it is. He's a nice... He's an acai berry. Yeah. That's he's his whole species. I would not put it past Star Wars to make a race called the acai. I'm pretty sure there was one before there was an acai berry. There you go. I mean, granted, there's been acai berries for, like, forever, and they only recently became a thing that Americans want to pay extra for in a smoothie. Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, wait a minute. that That's a berry I don't know about. Let me get you, like, five extra dollars to put that up in my smoothie. <laughs> so, so this is uh, chapters four through six of Shadows of the Empire. Uh, we did chapters one through three last time. We did a little dramatis personae of all the characters that we were introduced to, and we should do a very quick recap of what's been going on in the Star Wars Shadows of the Empire universe. Yeah, we're still very early on. Uh, all that we've really had is we know that Shizor, Prince Shizor is a new bad guy. He is apparently got the Emperor's ear. He is very important. The leader of the Black Sun Syndicate, a ridiculous crime syndicate that's very powerful yeah they're they're very long lasting as well because the black sun ends up being a villain in that uh star wars the old republic mmo oh yeah so black sun has been around five ever yeah it's been around for about twenty thousand years yeah no there there has apparently just always been a black sun that or the black sun from old republic died off and then when they were making a new syndicate they're like oh dude you remember you remember Black Sun was a thing that existed? It'd be like someone making a group and calling themselves the Templars now. <laughs> but the Templars still exist, John. They're waiting for the apocalypse so they can crawl out of the woodwork and help us fight zombies. Don't you know? That's that's Are what it is. All England is waiting for the bomb to drop so they can all turn into knights and ladies. That is, that is all they are doing. Like, if you go into any British person's closet, they have got a suit of armor at the ready with that big red cross, and they're like, ooh, just give me an excuse. Oh, man. If society ever breaks down even a little bit, I'm going to start killing dudes because of justice <laughs> <laughs> Oop, did society break down a bit i wonder if brexit's gonna be big enough to haul the templars out of hiding oh hell yeah brexit's gonna happen and then you're gonna have some like 
nerdlinger shopkeeper just come out and be like, finally, my time has come. <laughs> we're meeting in my basement. It's the Templars. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm, I believe we're the Rosicrucians. <laughs> oh, damn. Wrong basement. <laughs> I heard there would be punch and pie. <laughs> Yeah, no, the the Templars are meeting in Scotland. The Rosicrucians are in England. <laughs> that must be. That makes sense. So, Shizor's a big, annoying, seven-foot-tall lizard sex god-man uh, with a talking chair that can't pronounce his name. Uh, he also has a sex assassin droid we met named Guri, very briefly. Yep, um, and uh, other than that, just very briefly... Uh, Luke and Leia and Lando and Chewie are all on Tatooine. Luke is making a crystal for a lightsaber, and Leia, Leia and Lando are trying to find information to see if they can rescue Han. Yes, they are trying to find the location of Captain Boba Fett, and therefore his prisoner, Han Solo. Yes. Uh, they've already thought that they have tracked down Boba Fett's ship to a mysterious gas giant in the outer rim known as Jar. But they haven't got confirmation on that on that yet. They are awaiting that confirmation from one Dash Rendar. Yeah, I believe it's short for Dashel. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's it's Dashington. Yeah, Dashington Rendarison. <laughs> Dashington Rendar's Rendar, Rendar's Rendar. Yeah, that's his name. <laughs> Rendarson. Rendarsonson. Yeah, D Dashington Rendarsonson. That's his full name. Yeah. He doesn't show up very often in the video game. Not not a lot. No. He's kind of a kind of a lord fellow though. Yeah. So. That's where we're going to be rejoining our characters as we go into Chapter 4 of Shadows of the Empire. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This entire episode, of course, is titled She's Or Lo Lovely, I believe. Yeah, She's yeah. Or Lovely. Yeah. We, we're going to be doing titles for each one of these that we determine over the course of each episode. She's Or High. She's Or High. High above me. <laughs> She's Or Lovely. So, uh, Chapter 4. What's going on at the beginning of this chapter? Uh, it's... If I remember correctly, this is Leia and the Landspeeder approaching Obi-Wan's old house because Luke's in there, and they need to go tell him some stuff about space. <laughs> space is happening, Luke. <laughs> I didn't know if you knew this, but space, there's a lot of shit happening <laughs> all the time. The good word about space. You there's know like, that, like, crazy shit happens here? There's, like, ships zipping around up there and stuff. It's crazy. You should get up there. I mean, even without ships, there's, like, asteroids and comets and stuff. Big it's crazy. worms, like, with Minox living in them. <laughs> Nutty, right? All kinds of cool stuff. No, but they, they just want to tell him that they've located Boba Fett's ship for sure. Boba Fett? Boba, where? Boba Fett? Well, around the gas giant Czar. Yeah. Uh, so as they're driving up, Leia is having yet another, another one of her very ladylike internal monologues. I, God, I don't know. Well, I know exactly what's going on in here and that a man is writing a woman mm -hmm. and that the only thing she can do is... Well, she can pine. She can basically be a a teenage girl. Yes. Is what what she is written as for her internal monologue is all like, I like all the boys. I want to pull Han Solo's hair. Oh yeah, and it's it's all like, oh stupid boys, but I like them. They have cute butts, but they're so stupid. Boys drool, girls rule. And you're like, oh my god, Leia. Is this book one of those talking locked up secret journals you need to keep your little brother out of? Oh right. What's, what's happening here? No, this is definitely something where if your little brother tried to get in there, it would be like, uh-uh, this is for me only, little bro. That <laughs> squirts him with water. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so she is thinking about Han Solo, but then for a second, because this is set between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and she doesn't know anything about being anyone's sister yet, she's like, oh, but that Luke, he's so good-looking and so easygoing and handsome. Is it possible, and I'm putting up the air quotes here, is it possible for a woman to love two men at once? Is it? Is it possible? You're telling me that in the vastness of all of Star Wars space, there aren't any polyamorous people at all? Well, the weird thing is, how old is she that she's like, oh, I've never had feelings for people before? Like, she's actually caring about someone is new to me. In this movie, she is 20 years old. Yeah. Or between these two movies. So she's 20, and she's spending all of her time going like, uh, boys, which, you know, I, I remember being 20. That's more or less accurate. More or less. Yeah. But the whole, is it possible to love two guys at once? Please tell me, journal. I need to take this up later with the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> Man, as soon as I start thinking about someone writing a journal, though, I immediately go to Doug. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Leia, just writing down, I don't know what to do. do 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 See, not me, because I go to Dougie Hauser. Dougie Hauser. Dougie Hauser, just typing away hey, on that green uh, computer screen he can, had. Like, can you teach me how to dance? Teach me, <laughs> teach me how to Dougie Hauser. <laughs> 
Yeah, so they're driving up in their land speeder, and it's uh, it's it's all the gang. They've got C three PO and R two and Lando and Chewbacca all there, and then they they pull up at the house, and this is fun because we get a little di- display of Luke's Jedi powers as he senses them coming, and he's like, "Ooh, company! I I think it might be Lando or perhaps Leia. I, I ooh, it definitely feels like it might be a Leia. My Jedi powers are tingling towards Leia. Oh yeah, I've got I've got these super awesome senses, of course." There's literally no one else that would be coming to visit me out here, so... It's kind of a pathetic party trick. It's like, it's one of those ones where it's a math problem, you know? Like, all right, give me a number. Now now multiply that number times five. Now divide that by your original number. Is the answer five? (laughs) Oh, wow. How did you do that? You're a wizard. (laughs) So, so... Once they arrive, this is great because once they arrive, there's a brief moment where they describe how driving out there is super dangerous because the sands of Tatooine have claimed the lives of many hundreds of others who have also (laughs) tried to do driving into this homeowners association where Ben lives. Uh, And it says, as they arrive, the sands of the dunes shift to reveal the bones of those less fortunate. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Wait, didn't we establish in the last episode that Obi-Wan doesn't live in like an evil cave somewhere, but like just in some house? He's like it's it's like a synthcrete fake house. Like subcontractors had to come out here and build this thing. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. someone came out here and was like, "Well, let's uh, let's pour the crete out here." And yeah, well, let's get out here and do our synthcrete. We're gonna take a long lunch where we sit on your lawn and eat out of pails. Yeah, you know, you're gonna come by and be like, "Guys, uh, I think it'd be time for you to get back to work." Hey, hey, buddy, we do our job. You do yours. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Hey, do we come into your house and tell you how to levitate small rocks? Huh? No, I don't think so. No, we sure don't. Even though you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I got a I got a guy, guy who levitates rocks, perfect. Every time. <laughs> Best in the business. If you ever need some guy to levitate rocks, let me know. <laughs> I need some guy to levitate rocks so my job's not so hard. Hey! hey! So <laughs> you can levitate these rocks, you know what I'm saying? Oh. So but yeah, I guess it's super dangerous to drive to Ben's house, and it reveals a bunch of human bones visible off in the distance. Which uh, that's surprising. Weird. It's, it's it's like last episode was like, oh, it's 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 pleasant, but someone came out here and made this house, and now it's like, oh no, there's our, my lawn is full of femurs. Well, I mean, it doesn't say human bones. It just we don't says, know how many pets Obi Wan had over the years. <laughs> yeah, it's just the bones of a whole bunch of goldfish. It's just it's just like, oh, that was my poor dog. I need these to keep me company. <laughs> Buried out in the back with all the rest. <laughs> I'll just get another one. The Tatooine County Fair can't be ignored. <laughs> All right, so, jeez. So when they pull up, everyone says hi, and it's fun because, again, we have to establish that no one speaks Chewbacca language because he roars what must be a greeting. Yeah, what must be. And probably, like, waves and stuff, too. He's like, ah, hello. He's waving his... And Luke's like, I don't understand. Is that... I I guess that must be a greeting. I don't know. Maybe he's threatening to murder me. I can never tell. (laughs) You'd think by now, like... I don't speak German. If I was around a German person enough, I'd probably pick up some phrases. Yeah, the basic ones. You know, hello seems like it would probably come up. I, I don't speak German, and I know what Guten Tag is. Yeah. I'd probably pick, her, uh, pick up what Chewbacca for hello is pretty quick. Yeah. Anyway, Chewbacca whis- or, or roars what it has to be a greeting. Also, this is my favorite part, even R2 trills a happy ch- uh, time. <laughs> he he beeps merrily. Like, well, why are we confused that R2 would do that? He... Uh, Luke is his favorite person. Yeah. Even R2. R2, who is normally so surly and hates everyone. (laughs) R2, the droid who never beeps and is not famous for beeping, suddenly beeps. Oh, well, I think that's the entire plot of uh, episode seven, isn't it? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Suddenly beeping. (laughs) R2, not beeping, suddenly beeping. That is true. That is the plot of episode seven. Suddenly (laughs) beeping. Is coming from R2. Oh, man, I loved that uh, that sitcom, Suddenly Beeping. <laughs> but it's just so dumb. It's like, okay, that's R2 is Luke's personal astromech droid. Yeah. He's like his friend, his good friend that he's known for, for a really long time. His best friend in these movies, for the most part, is R2. And he's, like, surprised when R2 bothers to say hello to him. I mean, maybe if he was like, even C-3PO seemed to get out of his weird funk. Yeah. You'd be like, all right. Even C-3PO. Dirty, tired... So tired from spin class today. <laughs> fine. <laughs> fine. Oh, hello. Hello, Master Luke. I'll, I'm going to... I'll be in the shower. <laughs> so good to see you. I'll, I'll be in a, an oil bath. <laughs> Don't disturb me. I've got bubbles in there, Master Luke. <laughs> That's all he's got. Or just nothing. Like, what is his dismissive response when he comes up? Sup, bitch. 
perfect. I'm C-3PO. Get out of the fucking way. <laughs> oh, you have like a yard or something where I can smoke? <laughs> uh, it's full of dog bones. I don't care for it. Oh, <laughs> uh, them dog bones. So, okay. They, they basically show up to tell him that they have... Uh, they think they have located uh, Boba Fett, and they need a little time to wait and make absolutely sure. But the reason they drove out here is because they are really worried that there are Imperial code-cracking droids on Tatooine that would figure out the phone call. Well, yeah, they were like, we would have called ahead, but there were new, state-of-the-art Imperial code-crackers hanging out near us. Another thing that happens here is that all of the... there's This is an author insert where he just says that Everyone really liked Luke when they got here. Everyone just seemed to like Luke so much. He's so charismatic. He's so natural and attractive. <laughs> the actual line in the book is uh, Luke is easygoing and, and easy to like because he's so natural and attractive. I, I assume it's because they like his like 1977 fl- uh, flip haircut. Obviously. He looks like the identical cousin of the lead singer of Styx. <laughs> I'm not, hey, man. I'm not that impressed. <laughs> well, I mean, as the lead singer of Journey, he was pretty impressed with the lead singer of Sticks. <laughs> Must be. So, but yeah, they, they're all super attracted to Luke Skywalker. Yeah, Lando's like, ooh, yeah, give me, let me get some of that. Oh, I'll break me off a piece of that. Let me get behind my big old smile. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing they'll ever mention about me. Yeah, until it turns out he's a terrible cook. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, also, this is great because this is when Luke has finally managed to get that stupid gem out of his Easy Bake Oven. Yep. Oh, actually, he, I'm sorry. That comes up in Chapter 5. Yeah. Right now, it's still just burbling happily away, making him a little lightsaber crystal. I'm like, oh, I smell something burning. What's going on in oh, there? it smells like perhaps you are making a simple stew. <laughs> yeah, that's what crystals smell that's like the when description. hot. Leia comes in. She's like, oh, it smells warm and inviting. Sounds like something's cooking. Maybe a simple stew? Yeah, you know, you know when you like put a crystal in the oven and then you're like, oh man, it smells like some beef stew up in here. I think she's just being a little classist against Luke here. She's like, ew, stupid farm boy. Any smell coming out of your house is probably some sort of peasant food. What are you, what are you making? Some hard tack there? <laughs> oh, I, I'm, thank you. I filled up on gruel at the, ca- at the cantina. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is this, pork leavings? No, I'm okay. <laughs> I know you think you need to cook big for guests, but I do not want any eyeballs. Thank you. <laughs> That's all it is. She's just being classist against her poor-ass brother. Uh, all right. So, uh, meanwhile. 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 <laughs> Shizor. At Shizor's. Meanwhile, Shizor is having a gang member meeting with his top-ranking gang member nephews. Because nephew is the Taiwanese, which is the language of these guys. Uh, or their, of the organization, the Black Sun organization. Uh, Vigos. His Vigos. Uh, his which, Vigo. His Vigos. I actually All have, of these Carpathians. I had Vigo in the Carpathians <laughs> listed for who they are, yeah. <laughs> but his Vigos, which means his nephews, because again, it's just a big old space mafia. Yeah, he and, is... The leader is the uncle, and all of the lieutenants are cousins. Yes. Uh, so all these cousins or nephews or whatever are going to be coming over to give him their weekly reports on what's going on with their space crimes. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about all of your space criminals. So this gets us about another two pages of, of Shizor rambly, I'm the best monologuing. In this case, he's pointing out that he knows that there is a spy among his Vigos, and that although nine of them are coming, only eight of them will be leaving. For mm. to contend with Shizor is to lose. Because Shizor is the very best, and everyone else drools, and don't read my journal. (laughs) Man, every time. Every time it comes back to Shizor, it just makes me hate him more and more. I I mean, he's the the villain. No, and not in the way that's like... Not a Joffrey Baratheon way. Oh, man, I hate this villain. It's just, God, you are tiresome. Every time he's like, oh, well, let me explain to you, uh, in my own inner monologue, which one of these people did it. It's basically like... Reading the world's shittiest Poirot monologue. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Except it's all in his head. He already knows who did it, and he's just going through the list of things. It even says he likes to do this sometimes. He likes to take things he knows the answer to and then solve it. Yeah. Which he's is like, like, oh, I already know what it is empirically. I just, I, I want to go through and, and solve it just so I can do my logic puzzles. That's deeply, deeply unimpressive. I already know who bought the boo- blueberry pie, but if Jim came in a red car and the person in the green car <laughs> brought a purple pie, then you're like, oh, God, no. I don't care that this edition of the Times crossword puzzle is already complete. I'm smart enough to pretend the letters aren't there. <laughs> Oh, seven across is Borg nine. I didn't even need a hint. <laughs> just, 
Yeah, yeah, just a bunch of fuck you, buddy, basically. So let's go through Vigo and the Carpathian, shall we? Let's talk about each one of these guys oh to my the God. D- d- degree that we can. The best, the best list of dudes. We start with Lone, the Twi'lek. So we know we all know Twi'leks. That's a pretty obvious Star Wars race. That's Bib Fortuna and uh, that dancer. And all, all the Twi'leks. If you know anything about Star Wars, you know about Twi'leks. Twi'leks. They're somehow, from Bib Fortuna, a sawtoothed, white, pale... Like, British sausage-looking gross monster with oh, neck yeah. angles. He, he looks like a weird albino half-snake. Well, he's got, like, neck... He's got, like, turkey-style neck jibbles, too. It's not enough that he's got the the the, uh, the leku, which is what the word for their, their head tails is, but also he's got, like, little giblets coming down off his neck and spilling over his collar and stuff. Oh, yeah, man. Somehow, this guy inspired an entire race that's supposed to be, like, Star Wars sexy dancer race. Yeah, that's that's what they are. They're the sex dancers. Yeah. So this is uh this is Lone the Twi'lek. He is kind of wimpy and not all that impressed, and so he's definitely not the one who would betray Shizor. Also, one hundred percent super racist against them because Shizor's like their entire race is known as being cowardly wimps. Oh, he would never go against the mighty Shizor. That's why I put one in power because I needed a cowardly wimp to run my spice trade. <laughs> yeah, I needed some little chumpo that's a pushover to be on my highest level of the council. Later on, I'll sleep with his girlfriend. <laughs> Cuck. Yeah, so, uh, Lone actually does get a brief bit of dialogue where he's asked how he's doing, and he reports some numbers that are straight up just ridiculous. He's like, what's your weekly report? Well, sir, the spice trade is up 21%. Yeah. It's like, what? How did, that, is, that is ridiculous. How did it go up that high in that short of a time? What are you doing there? Oh, yeah. No, everything that he was asked about, except for the slave trade, which is down. Because of the empire being kicked out of his region. Yeah, because the... Uh, the rebellion is super big on not slaves, so everything else, though, is at least up by, like, 8%. All of his stuff. Everything. Yes, and he's he's reporting it nervously. Like, he's worried that this isn't good enough. These impossible numbers. I think it's just because the author, Perry, was like, well, if he said he was up 0.06% in spice trade in this one part of his sector, that wouldn't be that impressive to Shizor. So instead, he needs to grow his, his uh, brand by 20% every week forever. Yeah, well, it 100% would not surprise me if that was a thing was like, Shizor demands that all of your profits go up by 10% every time we meet, or you will be killed. Yeah, yeah. so that's 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 uh, Lone, the Twi'lek. Uh, the next one we get that actually gets a little description is Sprax the Nelroni. Aw, Sprax. Now, Sprax is described as graying in his fur, although he has been dying it for vanity's sake. If you're wondering what that means by fur, like, he's an Alroni, he's not a Wookiee or nothing. Well, he's got these boots. Well, okay, here's the deal. With the fur. (laughs) He's got furred boots, yes. Yeah. No, did you look up Nalroni at all? No. Nalroni are dog people. They are straight up, they they look like dog. They look like uh, hounds, particularly. Aw, science dog. So he's a science dog. So, uh, I didn't, I, I looked this up, there aren't any of these guys in the movie. He is straight up an anthro puppy. Nice. Yeah, like, just just a dog. Man, and I was just thinking, dude, Sprax sounds like he's such a good boy. He is a completely a very good boy, yes. Yeah. He's getting a little old, but you know what? Old old Nalroni lead love, too. Yes, they do. Oh, oh, oh Sprax. Oh. Good thing Sprax isn't the guy who needs to get killed here, because, oh. Oh, I would be real sad. Someone takes Sprax out behind the house. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We're just taking Sprax to a farm upstate. <laughs> he's going to have so much room to run around and do crimes. <laughs> So that's Brax the Nalroni, and then you've got Vecker the Quarren. Quarren actually do show up in both the old, uh, the uh, prequels and the original trilogy. Uh, they are squid heads, according to their their description in the uh, like for their action figure and in the costuming sheet and so on. Uh, they're wearing big robes and they have heads that look like illithid heads, basically like like they have four tentacles dangling down on the face and uh, they have wings on the side of their head, kind of. Okay. So they're they're actual in the movie type monsters. Uh, it's weird, though, because they they were called squid heads by George Lucas, right? Yeah. But when, when in this internal monologue, when, when Shizor's describing him, he goes like, the squid head is too cowardly to ever betray me. And all I can think is, what the fuck, you racist? Get your shit. <laughs> like, they've been called that since, like, 1977. And the moment I hear Shizor say it, I'm like, oh, shut up, you. You have no right. That's their word. <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what happened that set me off so bad. I think it's just that Shizor's a piece of shit. Well, yeah, it's because we've already established that Shizor is the worst racist. Yeah. So, so that's uh, Vecker, who also would not do anything uh, to cross uh, fucking Shizor. Uh, moving on from him, we've got motherfucking Durga the Hutt. Oh, Durga. John, let me tell you a little story about Durga the Hutt. Let me tell you a little story about Durga the Hutt. Because here's the thing. 
from his little appearance here where Durga is like too ambitious to attempt a uh, to spy on Shizor, he'd just try for a coup. Yeah. Uh, someone picked up this character and ran with him. He survives not only this meeting, but this book and becomes the villain in another book. Yeah. Uh, 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 more than one, I believe. And what he does, and we'll get to this book someday, but I just want to tell you now, what he does is he builds a Death Star. He builds one of the four Death Stars that have been built. But it's not enough that he builds a Death Star. He builds it using, like, cheap alien labor. Uh-huh. And, uh, he also kills a guy who gets a name in Star Wars movies. He kills General Maydeen. Okay. Uh, and... He, he, when he builds the Death Star, he doesn't build a whole one, because that's a waste of time. He just builds a big cylinder where the laser is. Uh-huh. So he just builds a giant cylinder that shoots Death Star lasers. Uh, because it's a giant cylinder with a light coming out of one end of it, he decides to name it the Dark Saber. Wow. So this is Durga the Hutt, owner of a gun and maker of the Darksaber. Owner of a gun. Yes, he actually uses one of his own little flappy hut, hut hands to kill Crix Maydeen with this a gun. This is Durga the Hutt, owner of a lonely heart. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I don't know who wants to get with these old huts. <laughs> these old huts. But, but, uh, these huts. I just, I just wanted to say Darksaber live on the air. Great. Dark Saber. He makes the Dark Saber. And then when he tries to fire it, the fact that his crappy alien weapon or, or, or uh, builders weren't good enough to build it means it doesn't fire and it gets destroyed by asteroids. Lol. So that's the story of the Dark Saber. We'll probably get to that book someday. Great. So that's Durga the Hut. And then, you know, basically the rest. And the rest. The rest are Krita the Kianthar. Okay. Uh, let's see what else we got in there. Uh, they're a very minor race. They look like they're wearing meaty gas masks mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, let's see, Cleezo the Rodian. Yep. Cleezo following in that grand tradition of if one member of the race has a name, you have to give every other member of the race a very similar sounding name. Yes. Because the only, the only Rodian you've ever heard of is Greedo, and you know it. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry, no, you've probably also heard of the one from the One Shot Slash Campaign podcast. Nah. Yeah, uh, but moving on from there, so, so Cleezo, just like Greedo, I guess they all end with O's. That's... Yeah. <laughs> so, so Cleezo the Rodian, uh, Wumdi the Eddy. <laughs> Wumdi the Eddy. Wumdi the Eddy. Uh, the Eddy are, the E-T-T-I Eddy are straight up blue humans. Great. Because sexy blue humans is something that they were, we were short on in the universe. I, I'm not going to lie, Wumdi the Eddy immediately brought to mind, like, the actual Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer claymation <laughs> Yeti. I was just like, oh yeah, that's it. It's the Abominable Snowman. And he's just sitting there like, Mer. To me, it just makes me think about how a lot of these names are alliterative or rhyming. Like, you've got Krita, the Kianthar, and Wumdi, the Yeti, and Chumba, the Wumba. Mott, the Hoople. Bobus, the Wobus. <laughs> Cage, the Elephant. <laughs> Portugal, the Man. I mean, ultimately, there is one of these that's a human, and his name is Green. Uh, and I was really hoping his name would be Newman. Ah, uh, Green the Newman. <laughs> Newman the human. Oh, Newman the human. <laughs> That's what it should have been. I mean, we're also, there's one more in there besides uh, Movis the Sluvis and Chumba the Wumba. There's also uh, Perit the Mon Calamari. Ah, uh, good. There's so there a Mon Cal. That, that's the nine. There's, there's, and then Green the human. And basically what happens at this point is he comes in, he takes all their boring reports, and then he says, one of you is a spy, and we're going to play a game of Duck, Duck, Goose, You're Dead. Yeah, he's like, oh, I just, I want to have my sex assassin walk around behind them and make them all nervous. While the air becomes thick like oatmeal with too much not water in it. (laughs) Too much not water in it. I tried to fix it on the way, okay? I had to patch a bad start. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say not enough water. I said too much, and I did my best. (laughs) You did your best, and you get a gold star. There's too much water and also a bunch of those silica packets you're not supposed to eat. That's how thick the air is. Yeah. (laughs) So, so Guri the sex droid goes wandering around behind them, pausing behind certain ones of them to make them sweat a little bit. You know, behind Durga to be like, yo, Durga, I know you are ambitious. Yeah, to let him know, to make sure he knows. Don't get too ambitious, Durga. Don't you try to build a giant lightsaber. (laughs) Don't you do it. <laughs> and then finally, she chokes Green the Human to death. Yep, Green the Human. I love that his name is Green. Uh, Green you, the Human. You think that's his first name or his last name? Is he like Dan Green or something? Nah, he's just Green. That's he's, 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 it's like Cher. Full title is Green. It's a monomonym or mononym. 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 Mono. Mad. 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 Mononym. Yes, there you go. It's a mad, 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 mad world. That's what I wanted. Okay, so. She plays Duck Duck Goose for a little while. She kills Green the Human, 
And at this point, all you're wondering is, because the whole time, the whole time that this whole conversation is happening and the murder and everything, it's just Shizor being self-congratulatory. Yeah, he's just patting himself on the back so hard I thought he was going to fall over. Oh, to contend with Shizor is to lose. Never forget that. I have sex stink coming off me. Mm-hmm. So, I just want to know how many more chapters of, of Shizor are we going to get? This is chapter four right now. Before we, re- before we the, the audience have been sufficiently informed that this guy is a big whiny know-it-all. Yeah. Like, I get it already. We, he, to... he is the worst Sherlock. Yes. No, he's he's terrible, and it just doesn't take that long for us to figure it out. Anyway, the end of this chapter is him telling Guri to bring Jabba the Hutt here. Yeah, he's like, I want to I I talk... talk to Jabba. And she's like, great, I'll get him up on the holovid. He'll be back by the time we return from midday meal. Midday meal, by the way. Just just call it lunch, Star Wars. You don't, you don't need no. to... Pre- you don't need to pretend. I, I, we already got no. It's gotta. Your... It's gotta have a word in front of it when we return from our Hydraxian lunch. Yeah, I was gonna say after Merdruvian space etchings or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna have to be your Hydraxian brunch. <laughs> you get two cantaloupes and one of them tries to run away. <laughs> you gotta catch it. <laughs> so, but he's like, no, not good enough. I can't just talk to Jabba the Hutt over the phone. I need to get his gross, stinky corpus of nonsense in here in person. I want to fuck with him for <laughs> no reason, because I am not only ridiculously competent and rich, but petty yes. and willing to waste time. Waste so much time, because his response is to say, no, I wish to speak to him in person. Have him brought to me by the fastest ship. What? Wait, hold on. That's like, like a Veruca Salt request. But I mean... What the fastest like fastest ship on Tatooine or just the fastest ship? Well, you feel like Guri's going to need to stop and get some clarification out of him. Like, well, I'm sorry, sir. Did you want the fastest ship there's ever been? Because it's nowhere near Tatooine or us, and that would be a huge waste of time. Plus, we don't own it, so we'd have to procure it first. There's all the rights that go along uh, with why it. Why don't we own the fastest ship? <laughs> I want to own the fastest ship. I want a ship feast. <laughs> I want it now. <laughs> with clowns and baboons and a million balloons. <laughs> Guri, I want that one. Bring me a golden goose. <laughs> but no, he needs the fastest ship to bring him Vader. Or sorry, to bring him Jabba. Let's let's as a power move, having him brought there by fastest ship is probably conveni- convenient to Shizor. And I guess it's supposed to sound impressive, but he's not going to impress his robot he is talking to. Yeah, that's always the thing. He he keeps doing these monologues or things that are supposed to be like, oh man, I'm doing powerful things and I'm so impressive. Except it's all internal monologues or to his sex robot that does not care. Right. And honestly, if you wanted to pull a power move on Jabba, you wouldn't have him brought there by the fastest ship because that might be comfortable. It should be like, bring Jabba to me by the grossest barge. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's it's Jabba. That's probably his barge. Any barge he's in is (laughs) the grossest barge. (laughs) What if Jabba owned the fastest ship? What if? Like, bring him to me by fastest ship. Oh, okay, so his ship? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't, oh. don't, don't, don't second guess me. <laughs> how you, how, how dare you? Shizor. It, it makes, makes you look cheap. Shizor. <laughs> Shizor is great. <laughs> so I just, I just imagine him reverting into being like a Pokemon whenever he gets set. He's just, Shizor. I mean, the other thing about this is, why is this a personal meeting? I mean, you can power move Jabba over the fucking phone. Plus, we find out when Jabba shows up that... He's his boss. Yeah. Like, Jabba isn't even one of the main lieutenants. He's not on the high council of no, we're, we're, this. We're, we're taking Jabba down like 15 pegs over the course of these two chapters. Oh, yeah. If not only does does all of these Shizor chapters serve to jerk off Shizor, but it just makes the rest of the Star Wars universe worse by him touching it. Yes. What we learn effectively is that Jabba was a local piece of shit in, on Tatooine. Like, he's not worth the time. No. The, the guy who the... In, Empire was willing to deal with and have all of this nonsense go on to get him Han Solo back, and he's this super powerful uh, the act gangster. one villain of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and then you know, no, it just turns out he's some dumpy little nowhere like piece of crap runs a syndicate. He's certainly no Durga the Hut. No, he he is immediately been shown up by some other Hut. Yeah, and you're like it's, God. It's it's hilarious. Uh, so, but also, why do you, all this, like, oh, bring him to me by hyperdrive is like, that's super wasteful. You're like some sort of ruthless perfectionist super manager. Call him on the phone and make your vague threats at him from there. What is this, fucking Smallville? You don't need to drive to his house to say 20 seconds about how you like him. The, the other weird thing is, the meeting itself is him, like, 
trying to butter him up to make Jabba feel like, I don't know, he's somehow important or something. All he wants to know is what Luke is up to. and he That's think, it. He thinks Jabba might know somehow, and Jabba doesn't even know. He just kind of accidentally gives the answer away while he's burbling on about nothing and eating bugs. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, you know, there's there's stuff going on, and yeah, Luke, Luke was on Tatooine and he left. We might as well skip to this whole chapter. This is all chapter six conversation, but man, do I ever want to have it now. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine to jump around. I'm okay with that. When Jabba shows up, he's like, greetings, Lord Shizor, or whatever, in, in Huttese, and uh, Shizor just goes, speak basic. Yeah, straight up just clowns on Jabba from word one. And and his immediate reaction is, okay. Yeah, all right, I'll uh, speak basic, because you, you, are, you are the district manager, and I am... Just a, a lowly assistant well, manager of Tatooine. Almost, also, how much does it suck that, that Jabba fucking speaks basic English? Oh, so much. Like, it's way cooler when he doesn't speak the language and he actually needed C-3PO there to do the translations and stuff because he was like, why would I learn to speak human languages, you little shits? You, you learn my language or I'll have you fucking fed to a rancor. Yeah. But now we're like, oh no, he speaks, he, he's like, like the, the shift manager at a Walmart or something in terms of this organization. Yeah, no, he is... He is just nothing. He has been, in, like, one chapter, reduced to the dumpiest little idiot yeah, that no one cares about. It's such a bad idea. Just pick someone else and do this with them. Jabba was an important character. You don't need to make him... You don't need, I mean, I, I'm not saying you can't, you know, for a good reason, emasculate this evil giant slug. It's just that it sucks when they do. <laughs> yeah, and the the other thing that was particularly stupid about him wanting Jabba there is, like we mentioned, he just sort of... Wants to know what's going on with uh, Luke because he wants to get him killed. And but he but the problem is he pulled a Jabba away from Tatooine, which means he's like, so tell me about what's going on on Tatooine. You know what would be way better for that? If I was there yeah. and could tell you up-to-the-minute updates. Because uh, Jabba's reaction is like, oh, Luke Skywalker's on Tatooine right now. Or he was. he was. He left. You should. You should have been there. You could have caught him. No problem. Is that what you wanted, Luke Skywalker? Huh? huh. I mean, it, in about the time that it took for me to get here on a fastest ship, uh, he left. Yeah. If you had made a call and then just gone there, he would have been dead. Oh, dude, I could have picked him up. No problem. You know, I have like a whole army there, right? You know, I basically own that planet. If you had just called me and said, "Hey, what's up with Skywalker?" I would have been like, "Oh, he's here. Do you want him?" Good thing I got brought here by fastest ship. You. By the way, that's a rad ship. Yeah, great ship. Super comfortable. Anyway, you're a goddamn goofus. <laughs> if you spent less time monologuing about how great your dick is and more time working, we'd be done already. This book would be over. <laughs> anyway, uh. we also get the big motivation of, of Shizor here, which is that he's, his plan for the rest of this book is to kill Luke Skywalker because it will make Vader look bad to the Emperor, and then the Emperor will pick Shizor over Vader. Which is so stupid. Like, the idea that some dude killed Luke Skywalker and that's going to make the Emperor mad at Vader somehow? Like, by proxy, he is pissed off that someone else did this? He's playing to frame Vader, effectively. He's gonna be like, I, well, Vader killed him. Except, how, how? How is that a thing you would be able to do? Like, the Emperor doesn't know what Vader is up to. Well, you know, he's playing that five-dimensional space lizard chess. You, <sighs> you, can't, you can't keep up with Shizor. Don't you even try. No, no one can. No one can keep up with Shizor's dazzling reptilian intellect. To contend with Shizor is to lose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so, uh, oh, also, at this, during that line where he's like, I'll frame Vader for the murder of Luke Skywalker. I've considered every possible sequel. Which yep. is the actual word he uses. Yes. And all I was thinking was, yeah, it does seem like his power is that he has seen Return of the Jedi already. Yeah. He must be very confused by the fact that he's not in it, but Jabba is. <laughs> he's like, huh, that's weird. I would have figured that'd be way more important in this. Why is this little dirt podunk nothing in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, and then also during this, this is one of my favorite parts of this whole set of the chapters, is uh, he starts monologuing to himself about how dangerous the Emperor is. And he's like, yes, the Emperor can be quite fickle. Sometime, one time I heard that he had an entire family banished from the core, re uh, core region because one of their sons crashed their, their spaceship into a building, not incidentally killing the pilot. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, Shizor. I really wanted to break down this conversation. That's you, a very specific example there, Shizor. It's, it's because it's set up for Dash Rendar, which is obvious, but it's stupid because, all right, let's, let's break this down. Let's, ex let's examine the whole thing. First of all, Palpatine once blew up an entire fucking planet to test the batteries on his gun. Yeah. No, I mean, at least before, like, the example right before that was, oh, he's destroyed entire cities just because a local official didn't please him. Yes. 
He also destroyed Alderaan for effectively no fucking reason. Yeah, he was just like, huh, I wonder if this works. Tie it. There we go. Look at that. Kaboomies. Oh, That's what I... I'll, all right, I'll neat. be in my trailer. <laughs> neat. Yes. I don't care about anything good, else. Good, get Build me another one. <laughs> this is great. I love everything. Can, can we get that laser in a blue? <laughs> uh, all right, I'll see you guys later. I'm hitting the gym. I've got a racquetball game. <laughs> I'm playing against one of those big red cloaked guys that always follow me around. I, I got a pickup game against one of those werewolf-headed guys. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. Palpatine out. <laughs> uh, second, what does it mean the pilot was not incidentally killed? Yeah. And the, oh, he didn't just banish the family, he killed the pilot. Well, like, no, because eh? he, he, he says uh, smashing his vehicle into a building, not incidentally killing the pilot, which means that presumably the pilot was killed in the crash? No, it's he he nicked a building that Palpatine liked. Oh, he was okay. like, I like that building, and you damaged it. Okay, that, so he had the pilot killed. Yes. So that's not incidentally. Okay, that, that's fine. At first I thought it was like he died in the crash, and he was like, not incidentally, he died in the crash. I was like, no, that is incidentally. That's what crashes are. <laughs> <laughs> unless you had, like, unless Palpatine had, like, an assassin on his ship. Yeah. Oh, the, the if, you sec- crash, if you crash this ship, I tell you. The second he touched that building, just the immediately... IG-88's already there. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> I'm getting money for this. <laughs> getting paid. IG-88, must get paid. <laughs> meat bags. <laughs> I can't wait till we meet him in this book later. <laughs> uh, and of course, it's way too specific of an example. Yes. It's like, it's clearly, it's just Dash Rendar's backstory. <laughs> what a dildo. All right, moving on. That's the end of chapter four. Uh, at the start of chapter five, we get to meet it, check in with Darth Vader. Oh, Vader, what are you doing? So D- Vader is sitting, and this is something else I really want to examine, naked in his hyperbaric chamber. So here's the uh, question I have for you, John. Yes. As a, as a Star Wars expert and auteur. Yeah, obviously. How naked can Vader get? Like, how, like how, how naked does Vader get? How actually naked can Vader be? Like, can he get all the way naked, or is it is it a situation where there's some parts of that thing that don't come off? Well, I mean, I got to imagine that there's bits of that armor that are essential. Like, I think that little plate he's got in the front with the little beefy boopies. Yeah, he's got kind of a like a primitive. Pong setup network kind of just welded to his chest. Yeah. We thinking I, that goes down into his meat? I'm I'm thinking that's like part of the pacemaker he's got. Yeah. Either that or it's just a lunchbox and that's where he keeps it because otherwise <laughs> he loses them. He's got a little bento box. <laughs> he's got a lunchbox. He, he takes it out and he's got little chopsticks and he's like, ooh, sashimi. <laughs> it has to have at least three compartments. <laughs> then it will be kawaii. <laughs> So, I mean, maybe it's just a lunchbox that was welded to him because he kept losing the ones he could carry. <laughs> That's it. Palpatine's just like, look, if you keep losing your lunchbox, I'm welding it to you. Oh, I'm just so angry all the time. I spend all my time thinking about how I hate Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't, I can't remember where my lunchbox is. Well, now you will. <laughs> We're putting a banana and a hot pocket in there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trade away your sandwich to another kid for cookies. <laughs> if I co- if you come home and you've just had pudding for lunch, I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask the teachers. <laughs> so, so how how naked can he get? He doesn't have legs. That's that's a thing. Yeah, he's no legs, one arm. Yeah, uh, I assume no junk. Big, yeah, probably. I'm assuming that the ju- he he's probably lost most of his soft tissue in general. I'm guessing there's there's no Vader junk. No, so, I'm I'm assuming that. Him being naked is essentially like a shirtless dude. I'm kind of picturing an ice cream cone with one arm and a head. But here's the thing. This was written before the prequels, so he doesn't actually know what is going on under that armor. No, we have no idea. We, I mean, we, he had seen Return of the Jedi when he wrote it, so he knows that he's got a gross white kind of moon egg-looking head with you a know, big crack out of the yeah, side of it. He knows he's basically got oatmeal dangling off his cheeks, but aside from that, that's it. Yeah, that's all <laughs> That's all we know. That's it. That's oatmeal all we know. with too much water. <laughs> He's got them oatmeal cheeks, and then that's pretty much it. I mean, if you, if you just look at him without the helmet, you're like, oh, he might be okay in there. Yeah, he could just be like a light blue dude. We don't know. Yeah. But anyway, he's in there trying to basically use the dark side to power heal himself. Yeah, he is using the dark side to heal up his damaged tissues. Yes. Uh, okay, so, so Naked Vader is briefly successful in using the dark side to heal himself up but being healed makes him happy and the happy is, is the province of the light side so all of his wounds immediately come back yeah which which what okay hold on one i thought the dark side was just emotion which 
you know, happy is an emotion. The whole point of the Jedi is that they just don't feel anything. Yeah, they try to suppress most of their emotions. And it, it, you could be a dark side Jedi who's super way too happy all the time. Hell, we've met one. His name is Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, Palpatine is just jolly at all times. Like, happiness does not drive the dark side away. He is cackling like a little boy oh, when he is zapping Luke. He's so thrilled uh, when he's fucking with Luke in, the, in Return oh, of the Jedi. Yeah. Oh, I'm afraid your friends are about to be tricked by my big prank. <laughs> Oh, very soon they'll find out it's a fully operational battle system. You have to have fun when you're at work. (laughs) That's what keeps it from being a job. Pretty soon Ashton Kutcher will jump out and tell them that they have been punked. Don't take it home with you, Darth Vader. You're only a Darth from nine to five. (laughs) I I swear, Palpatine is a happy, friendly, old uh, evil Jedi. He's like the Joe Biden of the dark side. My God, I I imagine that Palpatine is just hanging around in whatever he has, his, like, super bachelor pad, Mm -hmm. just drinking cognac and having a good old time. Oh, yeah. No, he is the sort of dude who's like shows up at local plays and stuff, and he's like, I just like to get out. <laughs> I just want to see some of the local color. <laughs> he's just sitting there. He's sitting there watching something on TV and like elbows one of the red guys. He's like, aha, did you see that? Aha, that's great. I love this show. Palpatine's one of those guys that shows up to street fairs with a sun conure on one shoulder. <laughs> I guarantee you he has owned more than one boa constrictor. <laughs> I just love these things. They give off such a great positive energy. (laughs) I'm really getting into feng shui. (laughs) There's a lot of poison arrows in here. (laughs) No, literally poison arrows. (laughs) I'm at work. (laughs) But also that means that a Jedi who is simply in a lot of pain could be suddenly very weak to the dark side. Like a a Jedi with a bad sunburn could kill someone and be like, whoop, dark side, sorry guys. I need to get some aloe on that. Oh man, I was I was real sad for a moment there, and I just murdered people. My bad. But it's fine. I'm switching back over now. Everything's yeah. gonna be okay. I mean, that was basically the entire point of Yoda talking about what leads to the dark side. He's just like, look, if you have any emotion at all, it doesn't matter. You're gonna go to the dark side because that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile, Luke is playing with his easy bake gem that he got out of his his box. So his little lightsaber crystal comes out rough and unfinished, and he needs to now also be a gem cutter in addition to a smelter, in order to get this thing ready to uh, be in a lightsaber. Yeah, man. So there's a scene of him flaking chunks of it off with a chisel, and the whole time him going, oh, if I break this, I have to make another one. Oh, no. Can I tell you, the the first thought that came to my mind is, why aren't you already making another one? Right? These are crystals that can power a lightsaber, and you're just like, no, I'm going to make one, and that's good, and if I fuck it up, I'll just go back to the process of making a different one. It'll take like 48 hours to a month to make another one, but you know what? I'll wait till I fail. Yeah. Even though I've got them, the little machine that cooks them, and also, they're made out of cheap salt and shit like that. So there's nothing stopping me from making another one. It's like this guy has never felt, dealt with the craft cycles in an MMO. <laughs> it's like, no it's cool like this guy has no idea that he's in an RPG, yeah. and that he needed to get both smelting and gem cutting as different skills. <laughs> Don't leave anything off cooldown, bro. You start that machine up again. <laughs> Dude, it doesn't matter. You just hit that button. You're wasting a transmute. <laughs> All right, so uh, Shizor meets Jabba. We went through that. Uh, let's see. Now we're they finally left Tatooine. Luke, Leia, and Han have left Tatooine, and they're on their way to the gas giant Jar. Yeah, they have. Uh, they contacted Rogue Squadron yeah. because Wedge, Wedge Antilles. Antilles is in charge of it, and uh, apparently. And they go over this, Rogue Squadron will just drop whatever they are doing to help Luke out, no matter what stupid bullshit it is. Yeah, and Leia explains it, which is great. They're like, wait, can, can Rogue Squadron literally drop out of whatever campaign they're fighting in and just leave? Won't that lead to a lot of deaths of people or something? And she's like, oh, I don't know, the Rebel Rebellion's got a loose structure or something. Leave me alone, I'm thinking about boys. Look, I just want that D, okay? <laughs> so, they're gonna meet w- Wedge. They have to fly there in the Falcon, and of course we need to get a reprise of the space chess between 3PO and, and Chewbacca. Yeah. Uh, except this time 3PO has learned all of Chewbacca's tricks, or I, I think more likely it's just that he spent the entire last movie torn to shreds. <laughs> that he doesn't care if someone tears his arm off again. Oh yeah, he's like, oh, I just realized you can tear my arms off, and I don't care. Go fuck yourself, I don't give a shit. <laughs> all he says is, if you tear my arms off, I just won't play with you anymore. <laughs> Which, this is kind of a weird thing, though. Why is Chewbacca so aggressive about space chess? I have to assume he's bluffing, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's, Wookiee bluff. It's just Wookiee bluff. So far, all that guy has done is roar, uh, cook, fix the airplane, 
generally be sort of a cool dude. And wants some dangle ham. He hasn't fallen for the dangle ham trap yet. Not yet. So we don't even know about the dangle ham trap here. But, <laughs> I mean, if, if you're wondering about that, that's Return of the Jedi when he sees some meat and he's like, ooh, meat. I, I, may, be, I may be a starship engineer, but I'm not <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not above some dangle ham. I'll eat a dangle ham. Hell yeah. Brother. Well, that's, that's a delicacy. <laughs> that is a cashyuk delicacy is some dangle ham. So they they fucking meet up. Well, hang on. I want to talk about Giju stew. Oh, that's right. Because Lando is terrible. So Lando makes them some dinner. And Leia thinks, oh, this dinner looks like something ridiculous. It's like, oh, it looks like melted boot plastic mixed with fertilizer and sprinkled with pond scum. And it smells like melted boot plastic mixed with fertilizer <laughs> and sprinkled with pond scum. And then Lando comes in. He's like, hey, guys, I made you this stew. And Luke has to immediately go, uh, it looks like melted boot plastic covered in fertilizer. <laughs> Good pond scum. I needed to say that three times. And then Lando's like, no, it doesn't. It's tasty stew. And he takes a bite of it and he's like, ugh. I think I used too much Bunta Spice. And at this point, the screen freeze frames, and it's like, executive producer, Dick Wolf, goes by. <laughs> yeah, no, it is It is 100% some moment where they're like, ha ha ha, we are friends, ha ha ha. We are friends, credits, credits roll. <laughs> oh my god, that's, and both this, the uh, the scene it, with uh, Chewie and Leia in the uh, cantina, mm -hmm. it's all just like, Aw, we have fun, don't we, guys? Aw, let's have another sitcom adventure. Yeah, that's what I wanted from my Star Wars book, is another sitcom adventure. By the way, Bunta Spice is a pretty neat word to see. Bunta is a planet. Um, it's a hut-controlled planet where pod racing is super popular. Uh, it, it, in fact, the pod race that Anakin Skywalker was competing in was one of the uh, the preliminary rounds of the Bunta Eve Classic. <laughs> Great. So that's kind of a neat thing that, that this word Bunta Spice pops up here. But I guess it's just a gross spice that you only add a little bit of your food to to make your food just faintly gross. Also, I guess Bunta only has one spice on the planet. Oh, yeah. That's it's, it. the it's the only spice of Bunta. Yeah. It's kind of like that earth spice that we're always using here. Yeah, we get that earth spice. You know, all spice. All of it. <laughs> it's all spice. All the spice. That's what That was his problem, is Bunta spice is just literally every spice from Bunta mixed together, and he just dumped them all in there. Well, you know, he was thinking whoever controls the Bunta spice controls the Buntaverse. Ah, <laughs> oh, the Buntaverse. <laughs> but, but instead he made gross stew. So that's, that's that flight. Yeah. Uh, then they meet up with Wedge. This is the start of uh, good old-fashioned chapter six. Uh, they meet... <laughs> They meet Wedgie Antilles, and this is yet another excuse for, for Leia to get all whiny and girly for some reason. Yeah. Because he's like, let's take you to our makeshift building. It's it's in a hollowed-out asteroid. We've got all the comforts of home. You know, he's he's like, hey, guys. He sarcastically says comforts of home to them, and he's like, let's go. It's it's a secret base hollowed into an asteroid, and it's full of X-Wings. Yeah, well, he's like, look, we've got water and gravity it's all the comforts of home. It's everything you want. But when they get there, she's like, comforts of home. I'd hate to see what you don't like. Uh, I'd hate to see what's uncomfortable. Uh, there's a pee under my mattress. <laughs> there's a Wookiee here. Oh, uh, came with us. Uh. Uh -huh. Someone get this dog away from me. Like, why is she so fucking whiny in these books? The one time she whines in the in the movies at all, it's to make fun of Han's ship. And she's not whining about it. She's just making fun of Han. Yes. It's really just her being a flirty asshole because she knows that he is a flirty asshole. Yeah. The one time she ever's like this. When she's on Hoth, does she bitch about Hoth? No, she's never like, God, it's so cold here. Why do we have a base here? God, I want to be with my friends. Beach planet. Nah. Uh. She's, no, she is no nonsense. Take charge badass in the books. And in this, she's just like... Like having a mean girl along. It's so bad. It's, it's, it's so awful. It's one hundred percent character assassination. Yes. Uh and this is this is a great moment because once we're done listening to her whine about how this secret army base on an asteroid isn't nice, yeah. We finally get to meet Dash Rendar. Finally. Finally we have come to Dash Rendar. The Dash. The Dash. Mr. Dash himself, Dash Rendar, is described as not looking like Han Solo, but basically looking like Han Solo. It's it's weird. He <sighs> Because Leia is the one describing this, and she's like, well, he's got red hair and green eyes, and he's basically Irish, uh, except that doesn't exist because we're in Star Wars. Yeah, so they but, had to say pale with red hair and green eyes. Yeah, he's basically Irish, and he's exactly like Han Solo. He doesn't look like him, but he, like, is exactly like Han Solo. <laughs> 
I'm glad that we didn't go with Space Ireland for where he's from. With her being all like, oh, he's got the luck of the Irix. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> oh, he comes from the planet O'Malley. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, we don't get any of that. And and, and uh, he immediately stands up and is the most annoying character since Shizor. Well, here's, here's my note I wrote down on him. It says, uh, he doesn't look a thing like Han, but he talks like the internet, like you just met him on OKCupid, because that's basically true. The The problem with Dash Rendar is, I know that if Han was here, this is exactly how he would be written, because yeah. Dash Rendar is just, I wanted to write Han, but I was going to write Han better. He's got... He's, like, cooler, and he's, like, Irish, and he, he has a better ship. Yeah, he has a better ship and a cooler droid to hang out with instead of a dumb Wookiee. Yeah. And instead of the Millennium Falcon, which is a word that doesn't even make sense, his ship is just called the Outrider, which is a cool name for a ship. Doesn't that sound badass? Dash Rendar's a badass. It's got missiles. It's got space missiles. Look, I made two people, and they're both super badass. And then one of them's also friends with a sex assassin droid, of course, because that's Obviously. an original property. Do not steal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch my guri. So, and by that I mean my porn. So Dash Rendar step, stands up, and basically the first thing he does is introduce himself by by explaining why he was on Hoth for the video game. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, I was there delivering food, and and then I decided to fly because I'm a big damn hero. So I flew a snowspeeder. I could have blown up those ships all day, but I eventually felt like leaving so I could make some money. He was like, I had a deadline to get to with these deliveries, so. You know, I just stopped killing walkers and left. Bye! Anyway, that's why I was there. So no further questions, okay? Thank you, pal. Yeah. <laughs> and then he has to basically insult uh, Lando for a while, because Lando's like, this guy's a great pilot, but he's also a card thief and a cheat and a sneak and a... He's, he thieves cards, by the way. Yeah. He's a card <laughs> he's thief. He's a card thief. He's a card thief and a sneak and a cheat and, a, and an okay pilot. And he has to stand up and be like, an okay pilot? I could run rings around you with a one-winged hopper with a plugged jet. Just great. Yeah, how about it would be way cooler if he just stood up and said, "An okay pilot, fuck you, Lando." How <laughs> about you go find someone else then? You piece of shit. I mean, I know they don't curse that much in Star Wars, but that would be fucking great. Yeah, for the for the PG thirteen, he gets the one fuck. <laughs> An okay pilot, go fuck yourself. <laughs> fuck you, clown. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, so we this is basically the end of chapter six and the end of our reading for the week, but. Basically, he gives us a quick tour of the asteroid base, and he shows us his ship, the Outrider, which uh, is such a famous ship that it's in that Star Wars ship game that, that's really popular right now, X-Wing or whatever, uh, the, the miniatures one. Yeah. Uh, it also showed up in both A New Hope and also in the background in one of the uh, the Clone War, or the, uh, what do we call them, the, the prequels. It shows up in A New Hope Special Edition, uh, flying away from Tatooine as they arrive. Which is what they tell me, except all you can see is sort of, like, blue from the the engines and a little piece sticking out. You're like, there's no way. It could also be a B-Wing. That that could honestly be anything. It yeah. doesn't matter. But it's supposed to be the the Outrider. That's supposed to be... It's like a big, famous, known thing that the Outrider made its way into this movie. Meh. Uh, so, so, the Outrider is described as basically the Millennium Falcon, but ten times cooler. Yeah. It's, like, all new and shiny. It's like the Porsche of, of space cars. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, I know Han got an old beater and souped it up, but... I've got this cool new sports car. Yeah. And it prompts Leia to, to literally think the term, and, and it's italicized, and it's, and it's in quotes. It's her thoughts going, these men and their toys. All these boys. All they think about is fast cars. Why doesn't anyone notice my new haircut? And, and the people who do notice my haircut don't have a fast enough car. <laughs> it's a conundrum, I tell you. I tells you as I tells you. All I want to do is watch the two of them race, and I'll get to wave a flag before they go, and I'll look all <laughs> sexy doing it <laughs> this is i hate this leia i hate i hate everyone in this <laughs> like the only one that i don't hate is basically lando and that's mostly because he is just there to be like hello everyone i'm lando i'm lando calrissian i can't make stew anyway that is it goodbye i'll be in a different film when you need me and uh we also get their plan for saving han which is to <laughs> to fight with Rogue Squadron against a hundred TIE Fighters. Yes, their plan is nearby, on the gas giant, or not on the gas giant, but on one of the moons of the gas giant Czar, Boba Fett has set down with Slave One. And they're pretty sure that, that Han is in that ship right now, and they can just go in there and get him and take him out. 
Uh, meanwhile, in order to distract them so that no one notices the Millennium Falcon flying down to this moon and getting him, Rogue Squadron, along with Luke, will fly their X-Wings out and take on two Star Destroyers and 180 TIE Fighters. Yep. That's it. That's the plan. That's, that's the big plan. That's their big plan. That was your whole plan. <laughs> Get them. It's <laughs> the whole plan. And, and Luke's like, it's a great plan. I'm a way better pilot than friggin' TIE Fighters. Who gives a shit? Dude, I'll kill all the TIE Fighters. I don't care. Ooh, whatever. Whatever. It's fine. I don't, mm. Look how natural and attractive I am. Oh, my God. And again, it's just every time, every time we talk about anything, it's just Luke, character assassination. Now he's just like, fuck you, man. I'll do what I want. I'm going to kill 30 million TIE fighters. Uh." Sir, that X-Wing just killed 35 of us. (laughs) Sir. Sir. Sir, please don't make me go on the TIE fighter. That's that's Luke out there, sir. Sir, these TIE fighters are terrible, sir. (laughs) This one doesn't even have two of the wing thingies. This has got the one. Aw, sir. Why does this one have my name written on it, too? This is... It feels like you're trying to get me killed, sir. <laughs> <laughs> now you get out there and you fight Luke, Squ- Luke Skywalker and Rogue Squadron. Do it. <laughs> sir, I don't even know how to fly a TIE fighter. I skipped that day. <laughs> <laughs> I had a note. I had band practice. <laughs> sir, I play the tuba. <laughs> sir, I play the space tuba. The, yeah. ho- the, the holofringian space tuba, sir. I have to... In fact, I have to go now to tuba practice, sir. <laughs> Goodbye, sir. Goodbye. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so so that's our big plan. And how will it go? Who knows? Who knows? We have certainly have no idea because that's the end of chapter six. Yep, that's the end of us. Well, okay then. I guess we're just about wrapped up. So uh, let's see. What do we need to go through, John? We need to tell people where to find us and who we are and what's what are, going on. What's going on. What's how, up? How I am. All right. So this has been the Expounded Universe Podcast, episode two. Uh, as always, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, look forward to us in a few more weeks when we do episode three, chapters seven through nine. Yeah. Get them chapters. Yeah. Episode set or episode three, Mr. Dash, because it's a lot of him in those in those. So uh, look forward to that. What else do we have going on? You can always find us at SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Uh, support our Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery. Send us messages uh, to system mastery on Facebook, Gmail, Twitter, your choice. It doesn't matter. We also have expounded universe at gmail.com and expounded universe on Twitter. If you want to follow us and send us messages that way, there's nothing there and we don't care, but you could do it. No, we will. I had to buy the whole spread because I bought expoundeduniverse.com, motherfucker. Yeah, you had to do it. You had, had to get the whole thing. I had to get it all. So now I, now I have it all. So yeah. as always, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you soon. John, you got anything else you want to say? Nope. Goodbye.